Welcome to Drunken Time Travel. Hello. It's nice to be here. Hello. It's Bear O'Cock and time for Drunken Time Travel. This week we've been thinking how great it is the new Doctor seems to be very much like the third. What? A bit of a dip? Yes. And and same sort of costume as well? Yes. And a bit of a dip. So, on my left... A man who has to duck almost twice a day as the ISS passes overhead. It's Irish Gaff. To my right, a man who used to be ambassador of Des. No, wait. Marrakesh. What was it? Marrakesh. It's English Gaff. And the official tedious link beer of this epistory is... Orked Arrogant Bastard Ale. And uh, we'll tell you why, why that's the tedious link... Uh, later on in the show. Although well, it's quite easy to use. Indeed we will. Anyway, shall we uh, make it on with uh, some kind of synopsis? Indeed. It's the Ambassadors of Death, as you may have guessed from my witty banter earlier on. Well, take it away. Episode 1. A space probe called Recovery 7 is sent after Mars Probe 7 as its three astronauts have lost contact with Earth. The space pilot makes contact before a high-pitched noise is sounded and he too loses contact with Earth. Presumably, Recovery Recovery 7 will be sent up now before Zevon Sark 7 has to sort out the thing for himself. The Doctor, being intrigued by the noise, takes Liz with him to the space centre. There he identifies a reply message from an abandoned warehouse in Gotham, I mean London. The Brigadier sends some men there who get into a gunfight with General Carrington's men. Some bearded scientist pulls a gun on the Doctor. Alternate title for this epistory, 7. Epistory 2. The bearded scientist demands a tape of the sound before escaping. Why didn't he just download it from Spotify? The Doctor and Brigadier interrogate one of the prisoners from the warehouse. I'm guessing the Brigadier is good cop. They find out he's a military man following orders. Just like the Nazis. That's Godwin's law for you. Later on, the same corporal is freed. Recovery 7 lands back on Earth and unit transported to Space Center. Naturally, there's another unit gun battle and the probe is stolen. But the Doctor steals it back. The astronauts in the probe keep repeating the same phrase, so the Doctor orders it opened in case it's a catchphrase. <laughs> Alternate title, The Thief, The Thief, His Wife and Her Thief. Epistory 3. In the probe, there's only recording equipment. Perhaps they were doing a podcast? General Carrington, new head of space security, has the astronauts kept nearby, kept alive by radiation. His actions, it seems, were to protect the men and not cause a panic. That's space security kidnapping astronauts not to cause a panic. Meanwhile, Regan, a criminal, abducts the astronauts from space security. They had one job. Regan, meanwhile, has employed a disgraced Professor Lennox to keep them alive, but needs another scientist. So Regan and his men, not finding one, attempt to kidnap Liz when she falls off a pier, holding on for her life. Alternate title, Kidnapped. Episode 4, she's taken back to the astronauts to help Lennox. Bearded scientist gives Regan a device that will control the astronauts. Regan gives him a bomb to kill the doctor, but he sets it so that it explodes as soon as the bearded scientist arms it. And he's killed. The astronauts are sent to Space Center, where they kill various people and are just about to kill the Doctor. Alternate title, Seinfeld. Well, as much happens. Epistory 5. The Brigadier distracts it and they manage to escape. The guard is killed, but no one cares about them. Liz helps Lennox escape, and he gets to protective custody in unit. Well, that's as safe as... Oh, he's killed already. No time to finish that metaphor. They organise another space flight to Mars with the Doctor as pilot. I'm guessing that's because everyone else is either dead or missing. Meanwhile, General Carrington shows he's not insane at all and says it should carry nuclear weapons instead. Regan tries to sabotage the flight by increasing the fuel ratio, but the Doctor survives. In space, at Recovery 7, he sees an alien spaceship approach. Alternate title, General Carrington, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Epistory 6. On the alien spaceship, the Doctor finds the missing astronauts. They've been made to think they're in quarantine on Earth, watching feet fall of all things. 
an alien tells the Doctor that the astronauts on Earth are their ambassadors, and they bloody want them back. When the Doctor returns to Earth, he is kidnapped by Regan, because Regan hasn't done this in a few minutes. His leader is revealed to be General Carrington, who pulls a gun on the Doctor. Alternate title, the alien's ambassadors are missing. Episode 7. At the last minute, he decides to use the Doctor's scientific expertise instead of killing him. Naturally. He also reveals he doesn't like aliens after meeting them on a previous mission, so he's a kind of space UKIP. He's lured them to Earth so he can expose them on live public TV broadcast. No, really. The Doctor transmits his location to the Brigadier and they're rescued. Back at the Space Centre, Carrington is then arrested. He would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for his stupid plan. The Ambassadors will be sent to their own back to their own people, but the Doctor, doctor already bores, leaves. Alternate title, General Carrington and the Half-Baked Plan. Is that the alternate title of the whole episode? That might well be the title of the whole episode. So apart from that, is this just really Contact? Apart from it with crap as well. I haven't seen Contact. You've not seen Contact? No. Wait, wait, well, wait. Contact, just explain this to the viewers. Viewers, listeners. You see that you've got you've made a reference. Oh, I haven't got it. Can't yeah, let's carry on with that. I know it's written by Carl Sagan, billions and billions of years ago. Well, it wasn't written that long ago. <laughs> you, you but but I know, I know all these. <laughs> I know that was a reference. Well done. I got it. Well done. <laughs> What happens in contact without spoiling for people? Uh, well, basically, the they get a message from aliens. Uh, they decode the message, which is basically instructions to build a device, and then they build the device. Which shit happens? I'm not going to spoil it beyond that. Interesting. Which is essentially what happened. Here. Well, they got a message from aliens. They decoded the message, and the the message was instructions to build something. To build that communicator. But they don't... Re was it? I thought they just built that off their own accord. Oh, I was decoded from the message that they were sending, that the doctor decoded. Yeah. So someone I was paying attention. I don't blame you. <laughs> I thought that, that they sent that message, and then got a reply from the... They basically said, hey, we've just sent our ambassadors, did you get them? And the reply was like, yeah... This isn't a trap. <laughs> well, he didn't find out they're ambassadors until he went up to the ship. No, but the, this, the message wasn't for them. It's only the arrogance of the Doctor that, uh, uh -huh. that presumes that all messages sent must be for him. Well, of course, all messages are meant for the Doctor. He's the Postmaster General. They're actually, meant for, they're actually meant for two humpback whales with the name of George and Grayson. Is that your I got that reference, please? It could be. <laughs> so the space center they they were going to show at the beginning they showed the space rescue they were apparently showing that live on TV I can't see any reason why that would be a bad idea uh, <laughs> no no yeah. Th they should show more stuff like that live on TV yeah they should show wars live oh they do yeah that's probably not a good idea either <laughs> Maybe they haven't learnt by then. Not that they've learnt by now. Uh, well, yes, because this is in the future, apparently. Is it? Oh, I have no idea where we are. <laughs> well, Gavin, so I thought this. Let, let, let me point this out. Have you ever seen a probe go to Mars? Yes. Have you ever seen? I thought the entirety of the the unit and the third Doctor gun was set within the seventies, within five year period or something. Oh, we haven't talked about this yet, have we? Apparently it was meant yeah. to be slightly in the future. But not mentioned. But not mentioned. Only retroactively. I think we have mentioned. But the only problem was later on when they came to date it in like mm. stories after this. So it, it didn't they dated it as <laughs> when, it took, when it was broadcast. Mm. So then it became very complicated. Especially with the, where the brigadier is concerned. 
Well, it's a fictional world. They can have space rockety things. And... That wasn't the problem. The problem was about the brigadier leaving unit, going to become a teacher, right. and then it was just becoming too complicated and not making any sense. But this show always makes sense. But so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> You've got to do your best to sort of ish tidy it up. It's, uh, it's a lot like uh, Austin Powers or his boss in uh, the Austin Powers movie says about the time travel, best not to think about it. Or your eyes will go cross-eyed. Basil Exposition. Yes, that was him. Your eyes will go cross-eyed. Yes. That too. Ralph Cornish, who runs the Space Centre, seems to do everything. So, I don't know, is that a bit of cutbacks, do you think? Yeah, that is a really easy job. <laughs> looks like a really easy job. Also, a great thing is, is he was the uh, investigate from uh, from the Dominators, so that was amusing. And he's eight foot two. Ah, uh, yes. And that sort of replayed itself later on when General Carrington says we need to blow up the ship, and he was yes. like, "No, invest no in <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the wrong character. That was the wrong character. Oh, talking about Austin Powers. Bearded scientist bloke, his accent sounded a bit like gold member occasionally. That's all. Did it? Yes. Okay. A couple of sentences. I will believe you. You should. I did point it out. I, just, I can't remember what gold member speaks like. Or, or, yeah. You can remember the plot of the entire plot of Contact, apparently. It's a good film. <laughs> Is it? I think so. All right. Can't say that. You put me there. The, the, the cliffhanger where they were trying to talk to people in the probe on the ground and they just keep repeating the same phrase that they wanted to disembark or give permission to disembark or whatever. And the doctor asked them what the capital of Australia was and how many beans make five, but they just said the same mm. things. Yeah. And, there was, and then he was like, right, that, and he just suddenly all of a sudden, right, that's it, cut it open. And then it went, that was a great cliffhanger, I thought, just the building of suspense. It was, And then yeah. all of a sudden, just goes straight to cliffhanger. Because it was, it was, it was very sudden as well. Yeah. I, I did like the way they did that. And then, but you got, because, yeah, because you don't expect it then. Whenever people are pointing guns at people, you kind of expect them then. But things like that, I, I really liked. Well done. Yeah, there, there weren't a lot of traditional cliffhangering on this one. No. I knew that. Cliffhangering. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, plus they did weird cliff cliffhanger resolve things where they, didn't, they did half the credits, then showed what the cliffhanger was at the end of the last episode, then did the rest of the credits and then resolved it. Mm. Which was confusing. Not really, but... Yeah, it wasn't really confusing. It, but, but then there were bits where I was watching that and thinking, is this... Oh, right, that's... Which, is, is which that, bit is, new? Is that, the, is that the bit of the... Uh, is this episode starting now? No, it's the end. <laughs> Did I just accidentally sit on Rewind? <laughs> but no, I didn't. They showed the astronauts when they were wearing wellies. I just felt I needed to point that out. I did not notice the welly-wearing spacemen. They were basically wearing Wellington boots, spray painted to be the, rest, the colour of the rest of their outfit. Cold box layer at NASA. That's it, and that's also in case there's a lot of water on Mars. Guess you didn't know what the weather's going to be like. No, you don't. Well, you know, because you have to launch. Although you can only, you can get there in 15 minutes. You've got to launch so a wet man there first. To tell you all the weather's like. So you'd launch a weatherman to the Mars. Yeah. He, 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 he dies. He dies, yeah. <laughs> but when, while he's dying, he tells you what the weather's like. Yeah. It's all for the greater good. <laughs> Plus you get rid of a few weathermen. <clears throat> so that's good. Do you fire him, fire it in at the planet Russian style? Yes, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> And is that why he dies? How, how far of a callback is this now? I don't care. 
it will be forever a thing. Was that them launching things in the moon? The Russians? Um, was that what we were talking uh, about? And Mars as well. I was listening to a podcast today that they said about the moon. Some scientist in 1991 said destroying the moon would uh, solve all of man's problems. Yes, of course it And then they were saying, no, it wouldn't really because it's a bad idea. Because the Earth would like tilt and stuff, and it wouldn't be very yes. fun. Yes, its actual tilt would vary wildly. The season would go out of whack. Out of whack, technical yeah. term. Do you like or merge the uh, the technical terms with uh, just crap? He's <laughs> <laughs> just relaxed. His life is meaningless. Just, just crap. <laughs> I can merge it all. What? How would you? I did look, there was a uh, one at scenes in space and probably all liked uh, that Brigadier came uh, rushing in. Stop the law! What, so he was like fired in and crashed yeah. into yeah. the space center? Yeah, but he survived. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you have to, to tell them what the weather was yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Stop the launch! And the guy at controls, it like looked at him. It like waited a minute, launched it. Just all oh, too late. It's because he's like you and he can't, like, do two things at once. <laughs> but it, like, took forever. It, 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 it stopped the launch and it, like, took forever. And then it launched. It was like a couple oh, of seconds. Oh, and then he reacted. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late, man. It's too late, man. Yeah. You should have told me five minutes earlier. I did! <laughs> well, it's too late now. That was, yeah, that was the launch with the, with an M3 fuel variant was, well, variant spelled E-N-T at the end, which is stupid, but anyway, fuel variant, which was... That's how deadly it was. So deadly it was, it didn't even spell right. The, uh, yeah, and, and then they were talking about how fast he was going, and he said he would, it was dangerous because he'd end up in the sun in 15 minutes. Now, bearing in mind it takes light eight minutes to get to the earth. <laughs> This probe is apparently travelling at half the speed of light. Which is, Gav? Impressive. It is impressive. <laughs> it is very impressive. What was the answer I was looking for? What was the answer you were looking for? I was looking for half the speed of light. Did you just say half the speed of light? Yeah, I'm trying, I don't know <laughs> what... <laughs> I can't remember what the speed of light is. Oh, Three times say. ten to the eight metres per second? It's something silly. So it's one and a half times ten to the eight meters per second is how fast this rocket was traveling. Oh, mm. well, what do you know? I do learn things at school. And, and the doctor managed to slow it down as well. Of course he did. With his arrogance. That's a clue mm. there for the beer, by the way. <laughs> yeah, before it even went past the uh, space number seven thing. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Recovery 7, that's it. Recovery 7, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Recovery so. 7, and then 7 seconds by Nina Cherry. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Caught that. Oh, caught that. Really yeah. quickly. Apparently. Which is weird, because you'd think with the rest of the episode it would take fucking ages together. Yeah, and you could say with technology like that, why haven't they left the solar system yet? Being able to travel at half the speed of light. Because General Carrington <laughs> keeps blowing things up. Apart from the fact humans can't travel at that speed, according to this, anyway. What do you mean, according to this? Can we travel at half the speed I of light? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would doubt it. I've never tried it. Well, <laughs> it's not something I've looked into, to be honest. <laughs> For your birthday, I'll get you that. <laughs> Can you have Carl travel at half the speed of light, please? It'll be like that scene in Never Say Never Again. Well, how fast are we travelling at no, the minute, do we not? What? On the Earth? Yes, throughout the universe. Well, how much faster is the universe travelling? 
Well, our galaxy, our solar system, our planet within the universe, that's travelling at some rate. Yeah. No idea what that is. It's not going to be half the speed of light. But it's fucking going, son. That's how cool I am. I can't even feel the speed we're going at. But the problem's not really the speed, it's the acceleration. I've, yeah, you should get a teacher that says that. And then the speed becomes a problem once you get to a certain point. I don't know what that point is. <laughs> yes, we've done away with drunken science and now we've got half-baked science. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best kind of science. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of recovery, Seth. Yeah. Apparently they can only bring it down manually if the people on the ship let them. You know, switch it to bringing it down manually. Which, two things about that. It's not really bringing it down manually then, is it? Mm. And two, doesn't it negate it, it, the it whole... It sort of is. Doesn't it negate the whole point of bringing it down manually? Surely you only bring it down manually if something goes wrong and the people on the ship can't. Well, you can still bring it down manually, but, as I said, you can only do it if somebody gives you permission to do it. What happens if, right, what happens if they're all knocked out? It, it doesn't work in an emergency. Yeah, that's, that's as the only, you said, yes. This is the only time I can think of that it would be good. Normally, if I don't know, they're having sex up there and they're like, stop that, and they're trying to try and bring them back. Maybe they set the security options wrong. What they should have said is, please unsubscribe from this probe. Yeah, that's what they didn't read the uh, stuff you're supposed to read before you hit accept. They didn't listen to the flight attendants' safety protocols. You must leave all your belongings behind. Mm. And there are exits. There. <laughs> There are exits. <laughs> I don't know where the exits are. Stop quizzing me. <laughs> there are no exits as we're using the Russian method. <laughs> there will be exits in approximately six minutes. <laughs> you have approximately six minutes to exit as well. <laughs> Bearing in mind, as I said before, there are no exits. <laughs> Have fun. Speaking of fun. <laughs> yes. General Carrington. Ooh, him. He's he, fun. He was, yeah, he was very, he was a zealot, I think we would describe him as. He, he also took great pride in his, uh, astronauts having uh, an emergency code, which is to only be used in the ultimate emergency. Yeah, shouldn't it be called the ultimate emergency code? Yeah. What's the ultimate emergency code for? Just normal emergencies? It's for... Uh, Rather confusing. It's for if you're rebooting the uh, emergency code in its own universe. And what would be the ultimate emergency? A number two? <laughs> the ultimate emergency... A touching cloth? Would be if a cloud of galactus-like beings tried to attack Earth. Oh. See, I'm taking this this ultimate analogy and not going anywhere with it. Or if you've been told that you are to land Russians down, that that would be an ultimate emergency. <laughs> now I want to order sweet and sour chicken, Russian style, <laughs> and then get it delivered. And it's just thrown into the house. At your face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why can't you get this? Because <laughs> that's just ridiculous. <laughs> What's wrong with it? You, you're saying that like there's something wrong with it. Well, if you're wearing a massive, sort of like, Diaper? catch net type <laughs> bib thing, yeah. so you can catch it after it's dripped off your face. Oh, the, yes, the sweet sour chicken. Yeah. You'd need a supply of some sort of wet wipes. <laughs> Maybe they could throw them afterwards. And if anyone had wet wipes on their bingo card at home, well done. See, there's, there's well, not well much done. wrong with this. Well done for getting out of This could work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> 
Right, let's start a zone Russian style delivery service. <laughs> we might as well. That food that gets wasted. Might as well just throw it straight onto the floor. I was in I was in a shop today and the guy was buying a uh, like a packet of rolls, bread rolls. They were ADP and the woman says to him, You can get two packets for one pound and he went off and got one and says, Yeah, you might as well and I said, Yeah, you might as well. Cut to mound of rotting food. It shows what happens. Yeah. Or like, as you just throw it in the freezer. Yes. Yes. That's what you do, you throw it in the freezer. Yep. Never use it. Utterly, utterly shocked that uh, General Carrington was revealed to be evil. Well, I say evil. Yeah. Although, didn't they reveal him to be evil earlier on, but forgot about that? No, no, they revealed him to be evil earlier on. Uh, and then he tried to take... But he said he did it because of, of legitimate reasons. And then they took it... Then he was taking them to see the astronauts slash aliens. Uh, he cried wolf. And they were kidnapped by Regan, a, an underworld criminal type who then was revealed later on to be, ha be working with... See, that's what I'm saying about his convoluted, stupid plan, working with Mr. Carrington. I was going to call him George Carrington. That was a stupid plan. And it was all because the aliens had inadvertently killed his fellow astronaut, because they didn't realise when touching people that killed them. Uh, and so he wanted to start an interstellar war because of that. Mm. I was there was something a bit suspicious about his... I think he probably wanted to start one before that, but... Probably. He did, like, moral mm. duty. That he did, he, he did have a moral duty to... He, he's a soldier that doesn't... Kill. He doesn't follow orders, but he talks a, a lot about moral duty. Five, at least five times, I think, I found. Yeah, I'll... I think genocide probably falls under moral duty in his eyes. All aliens must die. Does that space you get? I don't know what sort of Bible he subscribes to. Me. Do you subscribe to the Bible? I subscribe to something. Or is it like a magazine where you get a couple of pages every two weeks? Mm. I don't know what pages. But... <laughs> it's not an order. Oh, it's from any book. Just a couple of pages from any book <laughs> you get every week. One, one, one week you might get a couple of pages from the 1978 calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and you, then you can build your own story. Before, uh, before selling it to Hollywood. For and then the, so this makes too much sense. <laughs> I can't sell this. Don't worry, Michael Bay will buy it. The TARDIS was kind mm -hmm. of in this. Yes, kind of. The Time Router, more specifically. The console. The console, as you say. Mm. It can uh, it can put people into the future, apparently, mm. by a few seconds. Or can it? Or can it? Or, or, does, can it, it? or does it put people into the past? Uh, uh. Future. I bet it can put people into the past as well. Probably. doesn't make any sense, though, why why that could do it. I think, essentially, it's that bit that does it. Yeah, but, but is it? So, the rest of it's... But what, what about the rest of it? I thought there was the rest of it that did stuff. But this isn't the fundamental problem well, I have with the, it. The, well, there is the like the heart of the TARDIS in a different room. Yeah, apparently. And things like that. But you need that? Or did you just wire it up to a car battery? <laughs> <laughs> I think he must have wired it up to a oh, what do you know? To local power station. The car battery works. I wonder if Omega ever found that out whenever whenever he got a, a I, black I, hole. To I be think the power he's source. running it off a couple of wires into a lemon. Actually, <laughs> the, the the bigger problem I have with it is it's not actually in the TARDIS. The console it was just in the garage somewhere or something. Yeah, but, it was in his study or something, yeah. or whatever it was. But my problem was, how the fuck did he get it out of the TARDIS? That's dimensional transcendentalism thing. Is it? Yes. Well, he shrunk the TARDIS and then took it out. 
Pyrin <laughs> Why not? I prefer to think of him trying to get it out normal size, you know. Maybe uh, just dismantled it and, and then eventually, rebuilt it. And eventually, uh, oh, right, yeah. Oh, he ordered a new one off Amazon. Well, he doesn't seem to know how it works, vaguely. Well, Amazon remember. forgot to post the instruction booklet. Oh, right, I see. Those bastards. The aliens, we also mm. met them. Yes, the, the spacesuit alien ambassador boys. Yes, and the other one on the spaceship. Uh, yes, it was on the video screen. Yes. Yes. And they said, if we weird. don't get our bastards back, we will destroy the Earth, because we have the power to do that. Who says we don't? <laughs> <laughs> Please bring our ambassadors back, we miss them. <laughs> One of them has a hit show on our favourite channel. <laughs> what show is it? Uh, oh, there go my shares. I take it that's a serious documentary, <laughs> rather than a comedy. Uh, it's a bit of both, a bit of both actually. Mostly, mostly comedy. Mm. Um, but, mm. a bit, but, but there is a serious discussion at the end of it. Oh, that's one of those, isn't it? Yeah. Like He-Man. Like, like He-Man, yes, but in black and white, with tentacles that come out of the TV. And hug you. <laughs> you know what, there are people that would want that. I think I probably know a few. Well, a nice colour from the TV after the show. Glad you said show there. <laughs> Could be I'd, like, I'd like a cuddle from the shower after a shower. Yeah. Shower can fuck off. You don't know the You're just there for a one night stand in the shower, are you? Yeah. You don't even like showers. I like showers. I like a good shower. What's a good shower? Oh, mm. right, not the one we have. No. <laughs> it needs to have some power behind it. And it needs to be variable. Like interest rates. Uh, yeah, chairs. They also had chairs on the alien ship. Which, granted, they could probably sit down on them. It just seemed a <laughs> bit weird that they would have plastic chairs. Did we show you our latest invention? It is called a chair. We invented them after we invented space travel. <laughs> we don't know what to use it for yet. <laughs> But that's the problem with blue sky thinking. <laughs> it was just something that Reginald in the back came up with. What, what are you? What are you doing on them? Oh, you communicate them. Communicate to the chairs with your bottom. Is that it? <laughs> I was going to use them as a shower. As a shower. It's an interesting idea. I'm not sure how it works. But anyway, the ambassadors, or the uh, the spacemen that came down to Earth, they got the uh, that communication thing uh, set up with them. Yeah. And uh, it, it was basically just like a remote control for... Uh, for alien ambassadors. Yeah. <laughs> so they could send them, like, a remote control to, like, rob a bank and shit like that. That's what they're using them for, isn't it? Yes. Well, I, I apparently, could, no. Yeah. Did they ever use them for that? They used them to wreck up things at, at uh, Space Center for a bit. Well, they went to, did they want something at the Space Center? I don't know if they actually did that with them. Because it was all a ruse that, uh, this we're going to use this for criminal purposes. Carrington isn't my leader at all. Who says he is? Shut up. But they did it, though. Whether it was a ruse or not. Did they? Didn't. Well, they went to the Space Center. Yeah, they went to the Space Center. I don't think they stole anything. Well, maybe they did. I think, maybe they, they, didn't. I think they were just told, you know, there's a button on the control mm. that says, said, fuck shit up. So yeah. they pressed that. And so on. Well, I could just imagine them then just, uh, just like walking a bit behind it, just hiding behind a shed with a remote control, just controlling it. 
Yeah, because the because the uh, range is only like ten yeah. feet. <laughs> Rather than controlling the elephant base, I can't believe they have that good technology, by the way. <laughs> I'm ready in the behind it. All work. What's that guy doing? It bushes over there. Oh. He seems to be. He seems to be fiddling with something. <laughs> Let's not go near him. <laughs> anyway, we've got this rather spaceman coming to talk to us. Let's not. Uh, Let's not touch them. Yeah, uh, going back to the. Uh, you said they had those chairs on the spaceship. Spare chairs, spaceship. Yes. For the uh, for the astronauts, they were they were sat down. They were playing a game as well. I know they were yeah. watching football, or they thought they were. Well, they mentioned something about a game. Football game? Were they playing a game? I thought they were playing a game. Let's go with that, since you're joking. <laughs> it, it seemed like they were playing a game to me, and they were arguing about who was winning. Well, I can't have been watching football as they were arguing about who was winning. But it, it just seemed to me like the aim of the game was who was talking the most. And then the doctor because came in. Because that's all they was in. doing, was just talking over each other all the time, so you couldn't <laughs> tell what they were saying. Yeah, not like podcasts at all. And if you looked on the TV screen, it was just like this weird blobby shape moving about. Oh, yeah, I don't think they were just, that was just, I don't know. But they seemed really them. excited by this. Whatever it was that was on telly. <laughs> and they could not stop talking. Yeah, but then the doctor came in and just beat them all at talking. The doctor beats everyone at talking. Is what the doctor does. You're listening to Drunken Time Travel. It's quarter past the hour. It's time for the... Beer in Tulu. Stone uh, Oaked Oregon Pastured Ale. Indeed it is. Oh, not indeed you. No, not this week. <laughs> it's just... just Oak Oregon Pastured Ale. And I like it. It is pleasant. It is, uh, it is pleasant, yes. I will not disagree with the pleasantness. <laughs> Of this bit, it does have a bit of a harsh. It does have a bit of a harsh aftertaste. I will say that. It is very strong. It yes, it is harsh, but I like it. Pleasant and harsh. You know, what I get. Uh, it's not too harsh, certainly. Sorry. Or is it? Or is it? Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Or is it? Uh. I did get a get a, get a, get a bit of flavour of uh, ice cream cone there. I just thought I'd mention ice cream cone. Yeah, I just forgot that thing. No, I'm not getting that. I would like to have an ice cream cone that tastes like this, <laughs> or a beer that tastes like ice cream cone. I do find sometimes the best bit of an ice cream is the ice cream cone. I rarely have an ice cream cone with my ice creams. Because, because I'm not really bothered about the ice cream cones. No, I know. Well, especially Cornettos. They're the best. But don't they layer it with a bit of chocolate or something? So, yeah. No, I'm not that bothered about the chocolate. I don't think there's... Sometimes have chocolate at the bottom. It's not just wafer, though, is it? Wafer? There's something. I don't know. Cocaine? I am not an ice cream expert. Is it cocaine? Oh, cocaine. Might, might be why I get... Might be why I like it. Hence the name Cocaine Okay. <laughs> you know the song, just one cornetto, give it to me, I want more, give me more, I must have more. Yeah. Bring yeah. <laughs> more. Uh, yes. And they also have a helpful mm. definition of arrogance in the back. Mm. I do like the first definition, the act or quality of being arrogant. Yes, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> haughty. I wouldn't say... Would you haughty be the first word that came to mind when you were describing uh, arrogance? Yeah. Uh, undue assumption? I suppose, technically, yes. 
Uh, overbearing conceit. What about bit of a cunt? Surely that should be there. It's just my own personal view. Well, I think under <laughs> the definition of a bit of a cunt, you could put arrogance, but not the other way around, because a bit of a cunt encompasses a bit more than just I thought you were arrogance. Gonna, I thought you were going to say, well, one man's cunt is another man's freedom fighter. <laughs> But I'm not happy with the limited uh, definition of the arrogance. And, uh, I do like that we bought this beer and we're talking about the definition on the back. Maybe there are proper words for the feelings that I have of arrogance. There, should, there are, yes. But I don't know what they mean. Then. No, I, I, I have no problem with... Uh, I would actually say undue conceit rather than undue assumption and overbearing conceit. I'm I'm happy with those two definitions separately as arrogance, personally. Arrogance. But I would say there's so much more to it. I... I... I would argue that arrogance is not necessarily a negative thing, as it, that implies. It depends on the situation. Arrogance is in the eye of the beholder. Because I would, I would say more that... Arrogance is knowledge that you are better than somebody else. Gosh, you're so arrogant. <laughs> it just depends on you, you are better than somebody else. Yeah, and then there's various degrees of it, whether it's unwarranted or undue, as that says, or... Just being a dick. Or whether you're just being a dick and you're overbearing with it, or... Or it's just plain simple fact that you know you are better than somebody else, but you don't rub it in people's faces. There's still arrogance there. It's just that you're not in people's face about it. Yeah. Or, or like our Russian delivery standard, you're not throwing it in people's faces. Yeah. But maybe there is a word for that that I don't know what it is. And arrogance really is just the overbearing part of the... Mayhaps. But yeah, I've always categorised arrogance in that sort of degree. Indeed you. Yeah. So, sticker then. I'm in two minds. You're in two minds? I do like it, it is a very nice drink. I'm not sure whether I would give it a sticker. I certainly wouldn't turn it down, I would like another one. If it was just me, I wouldn't give it a sticker. I think maybe just that little bit too harsh. It's that, it's, that, it's that that I have a problem with. Just too... I think that just tips it over the edge to think this, it's not pop. It's a really nice drink, but it's not sticker worthy. It's nice to it's a point. Not, yeah. But that point isn't enough to give it a sticker. You sound like we know what we're talking about. Yeah. I like to think of it being sticker worthy as being a really nice special drink. Yes, but not necessarily something you could drink all night, but just a nice drink. Mm. We don't, I mean, I don't want, we don't want to be giving these to anybody. No. Any, any Tom, Dick or Foster's. Certainly not. So, close but no cigar. It's, and it says on the wall, you're not worthy. So, they are correct, they are not worthy. So the Doctor, then. Right. I, I really did like his Spaceman suit that he uh, wore. It, it, it looked like a Cyberman suit outfit. Well, the funny thing is, in the new series of Doctor Who, they're going to say, yes, it was, and he has been a Cyberman for the last 47 years. Spoilers. I would say he's not because he's wearing Wellington boots, but then Cyberman do that as well, so that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, that was just part of it, an experimental disguise face. Disguise face? Disguise you. There's a bit where the doctor is like shouting uh, out of shot, shouting to someone out of shot that he doesn't have a pass. And I just thought it was very theatre-like, like he was shouting off stage. Having a conversation with somebody who isn't there off stage, and I, and I quite like that. What was he saying? He said, 
I don't have a past boy or something like that. And then there was a bit of a pause, and he said, well, I, because I don't need one, that's why. No, he didn't even say but, why, he just said, because I don't need one, that's why. As he got into yeah. the very centre of Space Centre. <laughs> without a past. That's the joke's playing but that, that's, that is And talk his way into anyway. But that's the theme of this entire story, because yeah. <laughs> Regan got in everywhere without a past. Well, yeah, I, I did like the whole thing with it up to the with the whole scenario with the pass as well, because it, it came up a few times on his way in. Then I don't need a pass. I'm the doctor. Let me in. Okay. But then, ironically enough, in uh, Battlefield Seventh Doctor story, he has a couple of passes: mm. one for himself when he was the Third Doctor, and one for Joe Brown that he gets to ace to you. Yeah, and then in later series he has a uh, psychic paper and everybody uh, gets the piss up with him. Did you want that? They get, they, they get pissed off. Because ah. he's using psychic paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, psychic paper. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only reason they had it was just a reason, just a way of not <laughs> yeah. being kidnapped every five seconds or captured or arrested. <laughs> Which, to be honest, was a fantastic idea. Well, well, they just escape every five seconds as well, and then get recaptured, then escape again. Yeah, I don't mind people. I don't mind them recaptured, but when they escape and then are captured again, like within five minutes, what was the point of that? Apart from to expend time on what was already a deliriously long episode. D-Ream or D-Light? I can't even remember the word I was saying. <laughs> uh, he also did Conjuring Tricks with a massive uh, tape. Mm. One of those round tapes rather than you know, one of the C-90s from the mm. mid Which he called the Transmigration of Objects, apparently. Mm. Somehow. Mm. Didn't he say something beyond science? Probably. He says magic. Magic. <laughs> The doctor is a magician. Well, yeah. He, he even dresses like one at times. Mm-hmm. He dresses like Mandrake. Fear and illusion. Was a good show. Defenders of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Defenders. If you're not gonna... singing. <laughs> no, you're not, because you don't know any of the words. That's one of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was also another part where the doctor was a. Uh, Waiting for parts to be delivered so that he could make the uh, alien walkie-talkie thing. Yes. I was just... Like, was it the uh, the, the post office like, uh, we, we tried to contact you, we we have left uh, your package behind the shed. You have to pick it up four days later or something. Yeah, in this, in this remote warehouse mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but really, nobody seems to listen to the doctors, though. No, they're always, uh, even though he knows everything. Yeah, everybody just completely ignores what he says, and especially you on it. <laughs> but that is a unit for you. So you can understand really why the Doctor has so much contempt for the Earth people. Uh, yeah, I really like the, uh, like. the, the, the no time for people Doctor. Which I'm assuming because he likes, see, he likes humans, but I think because he's stuck with them now, he's sort of grown to just, dis- dis- you know, dis- disgust mm-hmm. with them. I'm also thinking that well, it is like the of the opinion that humans are cons. Well, there's a couple of them, are right? I do. I think he likes them, but then because he's stuck with them now, it's like, oh God, get me out of here! I hate everyone. I think he sees humans as pets, basically. The cover, yeah. His companions are pets. Susan was his first pet. <laughs> you never forget your first pet. Well, Susan was family, though. Barbara and Ian was his third pet. Yes. Ian was his first pet. <laughs> Until he had to be put... And his favourite. Until he had to be put down. Um, first pet's the last your favourite. 
case no. Yeah, we're both liking how he's talking to people, don't we? Yeah, the basically the aforementioned uh, arrogance of, of which we drink in the beer in honor of. Really, when, yeah. especially when he's talking to a uh, sort of the the space center crew. And the one 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 ones uh, is he's an imbecile. How do how do we know who sent the message until we've decoded the message? <laughs> And it's just the way he says it with just, oh god, why am I surrounded by no, It's just great the way he says it because he just turns the brigadiers to say it in front of the other guy. Yeah. He's an imbecile, how do I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you say when he, when he gets that opportunity to leave Earth, he's like, oh, result, I've won the lottery. <laughs> and then he has to spend an entire episode leaving. <laughs> And he's just sat there in spaceship and he's oh, fucking just let me leave, please, go. Yes, because he said, the guy says to him, uh, you, you'll be taking off in 30 minutes, that's 3 0. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's, <laughs> do you mean half an hour? <laughs> yes, can we have a check on the fuel, please? Yes, we're having a check on the fuel. That's check on the fuel. The fuel's okay. Thank you for the check on the fuel. We will go for another check on the fuel in two minutes. <laughs> and then we'd have another exact same scene two minutes later. Is that, is that the Doctor or you? That's uh, both me and the Doctor. Well, and then... Well, yeah. And then another instance of the Doctor being great, because I, I love the Doctor in this. Best, well, I love the third Doctor as well. But he, uh, as you mentioned, he uh, brought the capsule back. Yes. Unit. unit fucked up again, and the doctor had to bring the capsule. Back. A new unit was gonna fuck up, so he intercepted <laughs> it once it got stolen, because he knew it was gonna get stolen. Maybe he stole it before the other people did. He knew they were gonna fuck up, so he just thought he'd steal it anyway. But it wasn't stolen. Ah, but I stole it, so that meant it could be stealing. Stealing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out on the road. Liz! She likes getting caught. Uh, someone threatened to kill her and the doctor carried on working. That was an awesome moment. <laughs> it even had a comedy beat on the music. <laughs> but my favourite bit with Liz is whenever she was... They were... Came, up, came to rescue her and the doctor at the end. And they were like chatting a lot, and she was just, she just said, just get me out of here. It's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. It'll happen very shortly. Uh, Brigadier, he, there was one bit where he fired three shots in quick succession in different angles. Oh, Robocop like. Really? Yeah, in the first episode. As we yeah. mentioned, Unit or Rubbish. I would just summarise in the synopsis now. Is that all we uh, going to talk about you later? If you've anything you want to say, yes. Well, uh, they they were, as you've just mentioned, pretty damn useless. Yes, the U in unit stands for useless. I mean, at, at one point there was, uh, during the showtown, Brigadier and some other guy going, we're going to swing a massive weight on the back of somebody's head. So he goes, now! So it swings a massive weight at him, and he ducks that and uh, runs straight at the brigadier and knocks him over him and his wings. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> My problem with that was the brigadier's, now! <laughs> As if to say, duck now! <laughs> <laughs> and then was totally unprepared for any action that the. And then the, guy had and then the guy got a gun on the brigadier, but didn't shoot him, so so he should have been dead by now. On it, but yeah, and it's just like going back to not listening to the doctor. It's the the in the whole army mindset. We have made his mind up. What is the situation? No matter what facts or what the doctor says or what anybody presents to us, we've already decided what it is. So we're not listening. There's just they just don't listen. 
I'm going to refuse to listen to evidence. No, sorry, I, I don't want to see your evidence. We've already decided what it is. Oh, the army this is. Yeah. Well, a unit as well. Oh, you're right now. It's all... Uh, shoot up massive crates. Uh, Sergeant Benton's first appearance since invasion when he was not a sergeant. Thought I mentioned that. Music. Yeah, the music in this was very eclectic. Eclectic, yes, there's a very. Uh, I didn't seem to know what it was. Disparate collection of different sounds. Yeah, after time, it wasn't it as sounded crazy like Miss Marvels. Well, I did make a note somewhere that it was there was a bit the unit theme sounded a bit like country file. Uh, it sounded a bit like country file, and there's another bit that sounded like lift music. Yeah, it was very weird. <laughs> Not as weird as Silurians. Uh, uh, well, the Silurians music was just weird music. This was recognisable music in weird places. Yes. Mm. So, Silurians was weird music in recognisable places, but this was recognisable music in weird places. Yeah. It just didn't seem to fit. I have no idea what sort of tone it was trying to generate. And again, uh, this episode, they got on with uh, sort of antibiotics, and then we're really liking antibiotics in a minute. It's all about antibiotics. Can we blame uh, Dr. Wolf for the uh, misuse of antibiotics? Yes, especially Dr. Who. But especially Bond. Especially Bond. But as much as I love the job that I'm doing, uh, I would really like to work for the Hay Hole Company. What, what, are, what are they doing? They just, I have no idea what they do, but I imagine answering the phone stuff. <laughs> How would, you, how would you answer the, the Hey Ho company? You would answer Hey Ho? No, no, no. It's even better than that. Surely you would say Hey, Hey Ho. Hey, Hey Ho. <laughs> it's off to work. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> I'm already. And then you yeah, get, what do you want? And then you would get confused, <laughs> lie on the floor in a, in a uh, fetal position, and uh, that's how every phone call would go. <laughs> to be fair, that is how every phone call would be done. Yeah. I mentioned that. Do you want to talk about the answer to factory? Yeah. Well then, uh, quotes. My quote is the aforementioned time travel bit. And it goes... Something like then. Oh, there you are. Well, what happened? Well, we both got caught in the time warp field and were projected into the future. Into the future? Yes. But uh, only about 15 seconds. But I haven't been anywhere. You vanished. No, no, no. You vanished first. I only seem to have vanished because you went into the future and I wasn't there yet. Yes. Yes. What is your program? And mine went like that. Good gracious. Lethbridge Stewart. That's he doing at space control. Well, something's happened to the Mars probe. Well, the Brigadier thinks it's his business. Oh, well, I suppose he's got to do something to occupy his mind now that he's blown up the Silurians. And if you didn't know, that was about the uh, Doctor uh, being his arrogant self. It was just... Final thoughts? Thank God that's over. I thought it started off well, and then slowed to a snail's pace. Yes, this really fuck all happened. It's not awful. This is really Just tediously both. slow. Yeah. Good. See, good seven parts or six parters are well. Good seven parters are made up of a, like a four part and a three part, where, where it changes. So you've got more story. You know, something happens. Mm. Like in the in one where they did the virus thing. So then at least they had something else to go with for a couple of episodes. It's not seven parts. Yeah. yeah it's like okay, it. that's what I'm saying. It yeah. had you know, different dis disparate stories. Let's say disparate again. But this was just like a seven-parter. Nothing new happened, really. 
Thoughts? No. It's just not the, the, just the old Doctor Who trope of people getting captured and released all the time. Yes, it just really did not do much of anything at all. It failed. And it, it will did. not be getting a sticker either. And it's sadly episodes like this that permeate my memory of the third Doctor's run, despite the fact I love the third Doctor. Uh, well, the good news is we won't have any more seven-parters after the next one, which you're doing, which is called Inferno. I don't remember. I think Inferno's quite good. I, t- I can't remember it, so... Oh, you might not like it, though. Wow. It's one of the things you don't like. Is it? What's one of the things I don't like? Alternate universes. Is it? Oh. <laughs> So join us for that. <laughs> Our end quote is another audio bit. And it goes... It's an advert from the 90s. And it goes here. The ambassador's receptions are noted in society for their host's exquisite taste that captivates his guests. Ferrero Rocher, a sign of good taste. And you have no idea how difficult it was for me every time you talked about ambassadors earlier on not to say anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) Discussion concluded. We tried to remove the helmets, they resisted violently.